Welcome. Or welcome back. Whichever. Whatever. Whatever. I'm Nate. I'm Joanna. We're Stranger Than. We're doing this intro in a totally cool voice. <laughs> yeah, we're super, we're cool and nonchalant. Yeah. And we're going to talk about <laughs> the Knights Templar today. It's a little hard to be nonchalant about the Knights Templar. Yeah, there was not much that was nonchalant about the Knights Templar. No, everything was actually like quite fucking like intense. Yeah, so I think go, everyone, go, go. yeah, yeah, was really passionate about just about everything to the do Lord. with that. They were really, really into the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then all the conflict and fucking Saladin. That guy is so persistent. Yeah. He's definitely persistent. So persistent. They were all, everyone involved with this whole thing was actually pretty well, persistent. Oh, yeah. And it was like a persistence that lasted 200 years. Yes. And then kind of. You know, went horribly, horribly bad. Things got really, really great for them, and then... Really went to shit. Total yeah. nosedive into shit. Start us off with a little history. From June 7th to July 15th, 1099, the Christian forces laid siege to the city of Jerusalem. This was the high point of the First Crusade, and it led to the Christian crusaders busting in and basically slaughtering every Muslim and Jew they could find. Yeah, crusades, well, first, second, third, not good times. None of them were good. It was just None of them were good at all. A bunch of it armor, was just a bunch of awfulness. Walk really far, probably die. You know, I see the armor, like those helmets that they wore with like the little slit and it's just metal, but I just see some huge object just like clubbing you with your metal mask and that just seems to almost make it worse because yeah. maybe it's not gonna like all the way kill you it's just gonna like horribly fuck you up not a lot of visibility it's like if i'm I'm gonna get hit in the head with a mace or something like just fucking make it over nothing slow and crushing yeah and that's i just those metal helmets just make me fucking claustrophobic well the chances are pretty good that if you did get hit blow with a mace it would likely just destroy whatever it hit so you wouldn't have to worry about a helmet really crushing you i know it's just it's just weird that in this instant the helmet makes it feel worse like so, most of the time like a helmet seems like kind of protective against things yeah i'm not sure what the construction i'm sure there was some padding on the inside i'm sure it wasn't all metal there was probably leather on the inside i don't know who knows if you're an armorer hit us up yeah. gmail.com. It would be kind of awesome to find out the details about that. Yeah. First Crusade got the Holy Lands back. Not back. I'm thinking about another crusade. <laughs> there had been Christians living for a long time there, but uh, one of the Turkish uh, factions, I'm not sure if they were Muslim or some other thing that was going on. But anyways, they started really abusive and killing christians and lots of conflict <laughs> yeah. and but i mean before that they were all kind of living together in harmony like there's jews there's christians there are these turkish muslims. dudes and muslims and all of a sudden things start getting ugly and this one pope is basically like hey we gotta go down there and um straighten the shit out straighten this shit out Anyone who went on the Crusades was given, like, a ticket to heaven. 
Oh, yeah. That's how he got all these people to go. 4,000 people started in like 1096. It took him three fucking years just to get there. And then by the time they get Walking. there, yeah, there's only 1,000 of them left to fight. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, religion was just such a huge part of your life. And a, a lot of these people were just criminals and just living you know, shit lives in medieval Europe, medieval France, and a ticket to heaven. Yeah, that's why Christianity really caught on was because it was for the poor. You know, the meek shall inherit the earth and paradise after you die. You know, this world is just shit. So who cares? So why not? Yeah. Why not? It was now possible for the devout from Western Europe to visit the place where the religion began. However, even with those dirty heathens kicked out of the Holy Land, it was still no easy task to get there. Oh, no. Nope. The road to Jerusalem was fraught with peril. Wild animals, bandits, the weather, disease, starvation, dehydration. The list goes on. Well, you know, you you said it right in the beginning right there. You just can't argue with a word like fraught. No, you cannot. That was a good rhyme. That was a good rhyme. At this time, there was no freeway. You didn't get into an enclosed box that traveled fast and went anywhere. You walked your ass. And, I mean, literally, people died from animal attacks. Oh, yeah. All the time. It was common. Well, think of how many more wild animals there were. A bunch more. And they weren't as afraid of humans as they are now. Yeah, because they hadn't all been, like, hunted to, like, extinction yet. Yeah, they hadn't had a war waged against them yet. Not yet. Not yet. This is the beginning part. Mm -hmm. This is a different war. Yes. Because, you know, humans have just been garbage, like, yeah. ever since we started. Well, at least back when there wasn't as many of us, like in these days, we were just, I mean, we were pretty shitty, but it wasn't. We were being shitty to each other, but. And it, we were also being shitty to the earth and stuff, but it wasn't as bad. There wasn't as many of us. It's fine. And if for that fact of, alone is why. <laughs> it's, we're fine if there's just a few of us. Once we get a lot of us together, things kind of start to go to shit. In 1118 CE, a man named Hugh de Pont, a French knight, had an idea. He wanted to provide protection to the pilgrims. What better way to facilitate this than to start a monastic order? Well, yeah, everyone. I mean, monk. Protection. I see the the word bubbles that he's like making yeah. on his whiteboard here. Definitely. He's well, coming up with his like on, mission was, statement. It, it he's coming up with his like vision. It was a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think there was char he probably had to like carve it into fucking rock or some Charcoal. shit. <laughs> Charcoal on brass. Dupont spoke with King Baldwin the Second of Jerusalem and Warmund, Patriarch of Jerusalem, and they agreed with his little idea about the whole monastic order thing. They took the pitch. They took the pitch. King Baldwin II was a French noble that inherited his throne somewhat dubiously from his dead brother. Oh. He ended up ruling Jerusalem until his death, and after a couple of short-lived monarchs, was succeeded by King Fulk, King Fouque d'Anjou, who was in charge from 1131 until his death <laughs> in 11... Fouque d'Anjou? <laughs> Fouque d'Anjou, yes. So Fouque d'Anjou is the... It's the main it's like course. Fu Manchu. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but he was in charge from 1131 until his death in 1143. And Warmund was the Catholic head of the city. 
and was the first one to have this position. So that's all the people involved here. All right. Of. Isn't there Baldwin the Fourth had leprosy? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, the boy Hansen's king. disease. Hansen's disease. Is that like wrong to call it leprosy now? Yeah. Oh. You're supposed to call it Hansen's disease oh, because of like basically history. Leprosy has such fucked up connotations and they're not even sure if it's if the leper if actual leprosy is what they called leprosy. So now you can't use the word like leper. They don't. They use I don't know, whatever you A victim you, of Hansen's disease. Yeah. Like whatever you use for anyone else who's afflicted with a disease. I mean You know what? I mean It's also people don't really die from it anymore because it's really easy to get rid of. Which is a good thing. It's a very good Did thing. Did you watch those infomercials when you were a kid about the leprosy? I remember. Like, help the lepers? I remember. I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't give a fuck. That's fine. You if can. If I offend some fucking leprosy-ridden people, I'm sorry about that. You can tell us at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to criticize. Yes. <laughs> but that was like an actual thing that I like worried about. Like, leprosy. Like leprosy. I feel like we've like, talked about this before. I think we have. I'm pretty sure we have. I know. I mean, the leprosy infomercials were like a big part of my childhood. And so. I don't think I actually, I, I don't think I actually remember the infomercials. I think I just remember talking to you about the infomercials. Oh, I remember the infomercials. Baldwin the Fourth, the boy king, was, had leprosy. Yeah, had Hansen's disease. Mm-hmm. Well, that's don't, you, you don't have to say it in that tone where you're just like <laughs> just quietly correcting my my pc uncoolness i see I, I hear the tone i see i see the look on your face he was a kid leper well they ended up giving dupon a wing of the royal palace on temple mount mm-hmm. which is above solomon's temple and is thought to have held such artifacts as the ark of the covenant and the holy grail and also the shroud of turin and maybe even a jesus foreskin or two Ugh. That's a tough one. <laughs> it is tough. It's, it's just jerky at this point. Oh, yeah, I knew that's where you were going with that. <laughs> that's what you get for saying it. Well, I just... They were Jews. They were circumcising kids left and right. Yeah, and so, center. I doubt anyone thought at the time, like, let's keep his foreskin. Exactly. That's, that's probably even... one that you're just not going to... No. Not even if you, like, know a guy who knows a guy. No. You can't get it. No. You just can't. No. Not at all. They did sell a few relics here and there. I think one of the King Louis. I don't remember which fucking one. There was a lot of them. There was a lot of King Louis of France, let me fucking tell you. They sold a piece of, like, the true cross to him and the crown of thorns. Oh, really? So, like, a, a splinter of the cross that Christ was crucified on. Yeah, yeah. And the crown of thorns. Crazy. He acquired those both. That's something else. Therefore, it would make sense that other things that have never been found, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, I'm sure people have their suspicions could be that somewhere. they did end up finding them somehow. Yeah, well, you know, um, as because that Temple of Solomon. I mean, we've talked about Temple Mount. We talked about that in our fucking cow. Yep, talking about That's the cow. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, this was how the knighthood was born. It was called the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. 
snappy name. I thought it was first it was the poor soldiers of Christ, and then shortly after No, the, it was all just the one thing. Knights of the Temple Solomon. It was it was a whole one that was a whole big mouthful of a name. The poor fellow soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. You'll find out a little bit later that when they were naming orders of knights, it was fucking ridiculous. Like they it was like have, a like, thing. It's like some like red tape thing. Exactly something. It was like they had to have all of these different terms in it, and that was oh never what God. they were called. They had two names. There was the name where the Knights Templar, and then they had their true name, which was like, oh, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and the, the Temple of Solomon. You think? See, like I mean, we as humans are just like the fucking same, like the whole time. Of course, you have to make some naming your knights order, some all these hoops thing. you got to jump through. I guess you can escape the bullshit. Nope. Well, of even course. back then. Well, it seems like there just would be less. Like life was just fucking brutal. Not even. Could... I mean, this was this order was going to be the warrior priests, so they still had to do chastity, celibacy, poverty, all that, and they had to have the weapons and the armor, the fighting, and all that kind of shit. Oh well, yeah. I'm just saying that even naming your order. I mean, just you would think in a time where everything was so just barbaric, barbaric that. You wouldn't have to stick to details like that. Like that. Well, would... I think that maybe it was because they were trying to yank themselves out of barbarism. You got to th- remember that there was light. Rome wasn't that long ago. There was still the Holy Roman Empire at this time, so there was still some knowledge and stuff. But the world had information and had knowledge, and then everything just went to fucking shit when Rome fell and like pulled out of everything. And and so they remember a time. Yeah, maybe not people alive, but their grandparents do. I mean, it's definitely. Got I mean, it's the dark time. ages, though. I mean, they call it the dark ages. Oh for yeah, a reason. definitely yes. <laughs> because it wasn't exactly the age of enlightenment. It was not. Well, you mentioned some of the vows they take. Take a vow of chastity. Chastity. Total obedience. Poverty. poverty. No one was allowed to own anything themselves they eventually built up a huge amount of wealth and properties but yeah, it was it didn't, didn't belong to any one person and they were allowed a certain amount of things but it was just a certain amount of things that allowed them to do what they were going to do they did actually live a humble life yes and that that comes a little bit later on at this point there's when not it began i mean there there's only nine of them when it started yeah seven to nine somewhere uh, i believe it was seven when it started and then a couple more joined on shortly thereafter on christmas day 1119 at the church of the holy sepulchre in jerusalem the order was legitimized originally there were five knights and two monks so we have hugh dupont and then we have godfrey du saint-omar pont du Montidy. <laughs> they were all french just uh, in case you didn't know this all french all french all french Achambou du Santamo and André du Montbas. Those were all the knights. Back in this time, France was actually kind of bigger than England. England wasn't oh, yeah. really a thing, and it was mostly like French ruled. Like Richard the Lionheart, who would come into the picture 70 years from when this first started, he probably only spoke French. Oh, probably. During this time, monarchs spoke French. France actually was 
it was bigger than England likely, but it was also not the same size as it was now because there were other places like Avignon and uh, what's the one that starts with a B? It's Brittany. Brittany and all these kind of areas were all different kingdoms. It was all basically turned into France, but there was a lot of different places around there. It's pretty crazy. It, you look at a map of that long ago, and Europe is a completely different place. Mm-hmm. The two Cistercian monks that were the founding members were Gundamar and Rossall. And that was the only names they had recorded. At the time, the order's emblem was two knights riding on one horse. This was to show their humility. Yes. Emphasizing that they were poor as fuck. Mm-hmm. They were humble. They were also given the right to wear the Cross of Lorraine, which looks like a normal cross, but it's got a smaller, shorter, horizontal bar above the first. This was not a poor order for long. Both monks and André de Montbas were related to Bernard de Clairvaux, who was somewhat of a luminary. He became Saint Bernard. Mm-hmm. He was really pivotal in getting their name out there and support for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he was, like I said, a luminary. He did all kinds of reformation to the Cistercian order. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's written some really cool things. I was just going through some of his quotes, and they're pretty awesome. Pretty strange for the time. Definitely. The Cistercian order is a Catholic order of monks that persists to this day. There were a couple more knights that joined on later. Geoffrey Bysol. And then there's another one called Godfroy. Ah. So, you know, there you go. In northern Italy, there's a place called the Principality of Saborga. It's on the coast and borders France. It's a micronation, which is a small group that declares itself independent and sovereign, but it's not recognized by any big countries as such. Another example of this is the Contra Republic in Ski West, Florida. Isn't the Vatican kind of like that? Sort of, except the Vatican is recognized. Mm, okay. But you know, have you heard about the Contra Public? No. Oh, it's this hippie who seceded, quote unquote, from America. And they just live in Key West. And it's... Do they have like a better economy than the rest of America? No, I think they just chill out and drink. Mm. It's It's kind of funny. You should look it up. It's tempting. That sounds tempting. Oh, yeah, you can just go there. Can I just go there? Can I become a citizen? I believe so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Does that mean I don't have to, like, follow all of America's rules? Well, I mean, you're still living in America, and... So that's basically worthless, then? Yeah. It's basically worthless. Okay. Moving along. Yes. Back to the place in Italy. (laughs) Back to the place in Italy. A Templar archive was discovered there, claiming that Bernard de Clairvaux founded a monastery in 1113 to protect a great secret. Mm. We don't know what the secret was. I'm sure lots of people have lots of ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the two monks, Gondomar and Rosal, were monks at this abbey. The abbot, Edouard, released them from their vows so they could go with those who would become the Knights Templar to Jerusalem. So this whole group all left together in November of 1118. Hmm. I have a quote from... Bernard. Saint oh, right. Bernard. From St. Bernard? St. Bernard. St. <laughs> Bernard. If you're Googling him, you need to do Bernard of Clairvaux. 
Yeah, because St. Bernard will just bring up dogs. Even if you put some other reference to the Knights Templar with St. Bernard, it's just like dogs, 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 dogs. dogs. <laughs> Which is fine. But that's not what I'm looking for, but, like right at the moment. Yeah, there's a time and a place for it. Lions, they are in war. Gentle lambs in the convent. Fierce soldiers in the field. Hermits and monks in religion. To the enemies of Christ, ferocious and inexorable, but to Christians, kind and gracious. Lions and lambs. Yeah. That's a thing, and I think that comes into play, like, in the Da Vinci Code. I use this topic to watch the Da Vinci Code oh, again. Oh, I see. I actually have never seen the Da Vinci Code. How can you have not seen the Da Vinci Code? I know, right? Code? That's I've never seen it. Just wrong. Well, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Maybe I should watch it sometime. Not the extended version. At first, I was getting pissed because I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to only rent or buy from Amazon because there's like no other options. Oh. But then I put in the regular version and it's like, oh yeah, watch now with Prime. I'm like, yay. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I think a lamb was even part of one of, one of their sigils or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. And they were called lions on the battlefield. Yes. They were known for their ferocity. Mm-hmm. Lions are ferocious. That's true. That's and true. so were these... So were these motherfuckers. Warrior monks. That's right. <laughs> Dupont and Mombaugh were both vassals of a guy named Hugh Duchampagne. A letter from the Bishop of Chartres congratulating him on his joining the Melie du Christ in 1114 tells a slightly earlier beginning to the order, but doesn't upset the timeline of when the group headed off to Jerusalem. It is unknown exactly how much de Champagne had to do with the founding of the Templars, he was definitely involved with it, and though not on the founding member's roster, probably did much behind the scenes. He ended up taking the oath of membership in 1124. King Fulk was also heavily involved in Templar stuff, even before his ascendancy to the throne. He was the king of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and after 1131. For the next several years, these fellas did not do what the order was created to do. They didn't protect people on the road? No, how would they? There was fucking seven or nine of them. It's a long fucking road, it's too. It's a long like, fucking road. I mean, it took them three years. Yeah. So, no, they didn't do shit. Instead, and maybe well, they did it, do shit, but... It, and it would definitely take a, a, a huge army longer than just a oh, few yeah. people making the journey. Definitely, but... But still, it's going to take you a long fucking time. Two of these guys are monks. Right, so they're so not even nice. five to seven armed guys. Like, That's a... What are they really going to do? They're not going to be able to do that much good. Yeah, quick fact here. I think only about 10% of the Knights Templar were actually knights at one point when it had grown really Oh, huge. yeah. Most of them were... I think at the most it was like 2,000 actual were fighting actual men. knights. Yeah. Yeah. The rest and then were the rest... things like mm -hmm. blacksmiths and cooks. I mean, they had a whole... They needed to... A whole a whole backup group to help them. So basically, you have five knights, right? Yes. At this point, trying to guard five to uh... seven. So so they're not they're not on the road. They're not yeah. doing that. What they're doing is they are excavating the area beneath the Temple Mount. Well, I these... think that was supposed to be the stables of the Solomon's Temple. I'm not. I I don't think so. I think. I mean, I'm not really sure. So it's possible. I'm, I don't know. I think they were making like stables for themselves, but it was 
they excavated the old stables from I, what they thought to be Solomon's temple when they were doing that. Uh, what I got from it is that they were excavating, looking for stuff in Solomon's temple. That they were actually trying, they weren't building stables, they were trying to find artifacts. Because if they're in Temple Mount and they're above Solomon's temple, then there is the potential so to find some shit. There's definitely conflict on the experts. Some, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Some say... No, they they considered that to be sacred ground, and they wouldn't have been digging around in it, right. disturbing it. Yeah, and then others are like, "Well, yeah, they were totally digging and looking for something." I think what they can verify for sure, or at least what the records indicate, is that they were given these living quarters, and they did need to stable their horses and do all sorts of upgrades to the space they were giving. And the stables ended up being like the same stables of the the original temples. That that could well be the case. They kind of like dug it out and uncovered it, but there's a lot of people that are thinking that was just like a cover story, and they were digging for something else. Well, in the 1800s, I actually neglected to put the exact date down because I'm a damned damned fool. But Lieutenant, well, sorry, Lieutenant Warren of the Royal Engineers, who is the head of the London Metropolitan Police department or whatever during the jack the ripper murders Mm -hmm. okay uh, he actually excavated the tunnels that the templars dug and there is a tunnel that goes vertically downwards about 80 feet and then meets with a series of horizontal tunnels is he the one who thinks they saw the treasure and then they didn't i don't know find it they didn't find any treasure what they did find was bits of weapons and a templar cross Hmm. i think there was some guy who was trying to excavate it and he worked on it for so many years, like digging down there. And then one day said that he went through this tunnel and he found all this treasure, like this whole underground room with just tons of stuff. But when they went to verify it, the tunnel seemed like it would collapse. Oh. Like they actually had two guys go down like real quick to check it out. Like they risked collapse, and this is still back in the day. Yeah. So you were gonna fucking die if you that yeah, tunnel collapsed yeah. on you. But they didn't find anything, and then they had to like collapse the tunnel because it was unsafe. And of course, people are all like freaking out about that. Like, oh no, they knew and they reburied it again, and or maybe the guy was just making it up. Right. Right. Tons of speculation. No, I did read a story where they found, in 1912, they found a secret room. I think this is that one. And that led to the Mosque of Omar. And his story goes that the person who found this room, like, poked his head in and found a whole bunch of devout Muslims that were worshipping that then chased him out. Mm. So. That's weird. That would be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. Just poke your head. That's like an Indiana Jones thing right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. How are you guys here? <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, when you think about it, I can understand why people think they were digging for something for a long time. Oh, yeah. First of all... They were definitely digging. <laughs> they were definitely digging. <laughs> and also, 1099 is when Christendom captured the Holy Lands. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, took over completely. Yeah. I should say. And then it's not till like 18 19 years later that it even becomes a thing that they're doing 
Oh yeah, yeah. It takes I mean, a, there. Well, not it takes. But I don't think they were they were living there the whole time. But it still takes a considerable amount of time. I feel like from when it's pitched to when they're actually doing it. It's like what were they doing this whole time? Or maybe they they were casing the place and excavating, excavating, getting getting their fort ready, out collecting money. Uh, They completed most of the excavations by the end of eleven twenty seven, and headed back to France. And they did sell relics. Oh yeah. So obviously they they were they needed to get Jerusalem was a wealth of relics, and it was thought at the time if you had a relic that made you like closer to God. Yeah, it was like a relic from the Holy Land, and especially from like the Jesus story. Yeah, yeah, something that Jesus touched or died on or was yeah, someone close to him, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, don't they have John the Baptist's head preserved somewhere? Yeah, that was one of the things they believed that they they mm-hmm. had John the Baptist's head. Dupont and Momba went to England after France. They were granted safe passage. They went then went to Scotland. Dupont was related by marriage to some folks in Roslyn, Scotland, and the Lord of the area gave them some land. This is the oldest Templar site in Scotland, and was called Ballantredoc. Today, the area is a town called Temple. Temple, nice. Yeah. I like Scotland. It has some pretty simple names for the cities. I can appreciate that. That's... Nairn was one I went to. Yeah, Stirling. It's nice. It is nice. It's nice. It's not no. And it's beautiful. I love Scotland. There you go. The Highlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. The Council of Troyes convened in the town of Troyes, January thirteenth, eleven twenty-nine. There were a variety of church people here. Pope Honorius II was not, but he did send a guy in his place. Dupont told these guys his idea about the priest knights, and they all agreed it was a good one. They were given the right to wear the white habit that the Cistercians did, but not all the rules for sedentary monks were good for warriors. Well, yeah, there's probably that whole part about like being peaceful and not killing people. Well, monks did not eat red meat or poultry. Eggs or fish was where they got all their protein. Well, you know, most of it, I'm sure broccoli and stuff, but whatever, whatever. The Templars were allowed to eat red meat three times a week because they were out fighting. So they needed to get more protein. Yeah, you got to have a lot of protein to get your murder on. Exactly. Well, it's not exactly murder if it's for the Lord. Exactly. It's just killing. Killing. And butchering. Infidels. Mm-hmm. So fuck them, I guess. They could also abstain from waking up in the middle of the night and doing the prayers if they were too tired because they had to pray in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night? That's yeah. just not... Again, you need your sleep. The Lord would be so pissed, I'm sure. It's just the middle of the night. There's a bunch of Cistercian monks whining at fucking 3 a.m. You're just like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> or, oh, my fucking me. Whatever the case. <laughs> yeah, if you're God, do you say, oh, my God? I don't know. Probably. Who do, you, who do you curse when you're God? Is there some other... Maybe there's some other deity. Maybe. I don't know. The Templars were also not expected to understand Latin. So, though they had to do the requisite seven prayers a day, they just had to recite the Lord's Prayer at the right time. Well, a lot of people did that because a lot of people couldn't read Latin back in the day. Yes. And but the monks, also, the common people weren't allowed to even own a Bible. But the Oh, I know. It was ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. But, and then it was in Latin, so then you had to be educated enough to yeah. read Latin. But the monks, what I'm saying is this is the difference between the, the regular monks and these knight monks. Mm-hmm. So the monks themselves had to learn Latin, but the knights weren't expected to do that. Right. I'm just saying that 
that wouldn't have been like a really hard thing to do because lots of the common people didn't know it. Oh, so yeah. they they knew how they, oh, but they went to church every yeah, they went to yeah, church every fucking be... day and they knew all the answers even though Yeah, it's it's an easy enough mm-hmm. thing for them to account like oh whatever, it's it's not a big deal that you don't know Latin. No one knows Latin. You just memorize the phrases. Exactly, yeah. For the certain prayers. Rules on interactions with women were particularly strict for the knights. Yeah, I no think that's play a good at all. thing. And that's a good thing because back in the day... Everyone was so rapey. Part of Ugh. winning was raping everything that moved. Be yeah, it and that's child, just... be it adult, be it... It was just awful. Just leaving... Yeah, just, it's, yeah. it was not a good scene. Definitely... Definitely terrible. And so... So it is a good thing that they had to take a vow of chastity because you might be killing people, but at least you're not... Raping them. Raping them, too. And the monks, easy for them. Whatever, they're not going to see women anyway. Because they have to live in the monastery. Exactly, but these knights are going to be out and about. So, of course, they're not allowed to have sex. But they're not even allowed to kiss women. And this includes any women they may be related to. So they are not allowed to kiss their mother or their sister or just a friend. And I'm, you know, do you even just like on the hand or on the cheek? That's no or hugs. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't say anything about hugs. So sometimes you just need a hug. I, it's true. That's true. It's been a long day killing for Christ. That's right. Sometimes you need a hug. Yeah, sometimes you Peel need a hug. Peel off the armor and just get a at hug. At the end of it. Yeah. Although you can take your fucking tunic off and do, like, anything until you had your tunic on. You can, like, eat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No eating or whatevering until your tunic is on your white tunic with your the red cross. Yep. It seems like that would be so hard to keep clean. Especially back in the day, they didn't oh, have yeah. bleach. No bleach. They no probably just didn't keep it clean. They're knee deep in blood, blood and, and guts excrement. And, yeah. and I wonder how many they went through because the snow white of their tunic was to represent their purity, while the red cross represented their great devotion to die for the Lord. Yeah. If that's what it took. And oftentimes it did. Oh, yeah. But they were much, much happier to kill for the Lord. Definitely. But they would fight to the death. That oh, was yeah. another rule was that you couldn't. No. You had to fight to the death. You were, No one was going to pay a ransom for you. So. Yep. You may as well not get captured. It's crazy. And they were the elite shock troop. These motherfuckers stepped on the battlefield, and it was not a good time for the people that were on the other side. At this point, the Templars are now fully knights. They got some cash, they got some provisions, and they got some recruits. And beards. And beards. Don't forget the beards. Mm -mm. They were back in Jerusalem by 1131. (laughs) A boon that came with being official is that they became a favored charity. Many nobles from across Christendom sent them money and recruits. With the added support, the order grew for the next few years and would provide security for religious pilgrims as well as merchants with their goods. And really, anyone else who needed to go from Europe to the Holy Land. So at this point, they're actually kind of doing the roadside assistance. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing their 
double A thing. Triple A? Yeah, AA. Triple A is the car mm-hmm. people. AA is the, the drunks. Yeah. We don't want to do AA. No. But if you're doing it, that's awesome. Good for you. That's fine. The Templars have nothing to do with it. Exactly. Just way off topic right there. (laughs) In addition to the Templars assisting merchants back and forth, they also themselves carried technology, information, and goods back to Europe. They brought knowledge of medicine and mathematics back to Europe. We can thank the Gothic cathedrals on the Templars bringing geometry back. Because this was something that had existed a lot, but then was kind of lost. It was definitely, yeah, it was lost with when Rome departed. Mm-hmm. So they were bringing some of that knowledge back. Yep, bringing the, bringing the light back to the dark. They weren't just making runs back and forth from Europe to the Holy Land. Oh, no. There were some knights, such as Hugh Rigaud, that ran all around Europe asking for donations. So he was one who, like, he knock door to door. Basically. Excuse me. He would collect things as simple as a cloak. I'd like to talk to you about the... Yeah, exactly. Order of the poor knights of Jesus Christ of the Temple of Solomon. More or less. Do you have a minute to listen? <laughs> more or less with his sword and shield. How much can I put you down for? He would... Yeah, some... It would, <laughs> It's recorded that they, uh, like a woman gave her his best cloak after she died to something as big as vineyards and lands and serfs. You got to inherit serfs? No, they gave them to you. Not even inherit, just given. Well, I guess serfs were property, though, is what I'm kind of getting at. Oh, yeah, yeah. Serfs were definitely property. Mm, yeah, serfdom. Yeah. It's like Europe's slave trade. Yeah, pretty much. They just... Anyone it just was, wasn't officially called that. Anyone who was poor and there, and they're like, hey, <laughs> you're working for me now. There's records that show them receiving a church in southern France in 1120, but they ended up returning it, probably because it was too expensive to keep it up. But like, still, we'd like to give this back to you. Right, but still, they were given a fucking church. They were just like, that's, oh, here, have this church. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's ever given me a church. <laughs> Nor me. Rigaud himself spent most of the 30s roaming around and collecting things in southern France and northern Spain. Another Templar, Raymond Bernard, did the same sort of thing in southern Spain and Portugal. Bernard was super busy and established tons of Templar bases and drummed up a shitload of donations, such as fortified castles. Wow. Yeah, castles. Fortified castles. Spain and the Templars? Yeah, pretty damn tight. There were also Templars hanging out in England. The first master of Templars there was a guy named Hugh of Argentin in 1140. Now, they've got all this shit. Mm-hmm. Lots of shit. All kinds of stuff. But they've got to take possession of it somehow. They can't just take the vineyards and put them where they are. Vineyards have a tendency to sort of stay in one place. Yeah, and then they'll fucking die, too, if you don't take care of them. Exactly, exactly. It's a vineyard. They're plants. They need attention. And caring for. And that required people. And the Templars ended up with quite a few territories. France, Spain, Italy, England, Germany, Hungary, and Croatia. It's like they basically had a castle or a church or something. Some kind of like layer. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like several within every country that. And those countries I mentioned, there's other countries too that just don't exist anymore that have just been absorbed by those countries. They had some stuff in Avignon, and as we said earlier, that was a 
country that was a separate thing now it's just a part of france yeah Mm -hmm. exactly with all the land and all the buildings they became pretty handy with stoneworking and farming i guess you have to do what you know got to keep it all in house i mean that's Mm -hmm. why there is so that's why many they're not Templars the... and so few knights out of all of the right. Templars. Right, it's the Knights Templar, but there are many non-knights. Yes, yes. And they were the ones that were keeping all these things running and keeping keeping the, the, the gold rolling in. Because well, besides all the... Every great knight is it's a wire. lot of people that uh, aren't knights. Yeah. But they all had to take the vows? Yeah, they all took the vows. Damn. In 1139... Pope Innocent II decided that the Templars were swell and decided that these motherfuckers needed just a few more rights. Our friend St. Bernard had a lot to do with convincing the Pope that... Oh, yeah, he wrote a letter specifically mm-hmm. that was, like, super awesome that the Pope really dug. Some of these rights were pretty good. They were allowed to build their own oratories, which is just a small church. They could cross any border... They could ignore local laws. Because they were only beholden to the Pope. Yep, that's it, to the Pope. No man or king, even. Nope. And they were tax-exempt. Tax-exempt status. Very nice. That's really like capitalism at its finest. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They are total capitalists. They are building stuff all over the place, becoming this mega-corporation. That's They're right. They're even developing a banking system. They're basically the first people to do checks. Yep. yep. They had all these places set up. So if you were doing a pilgrimage, all you had to do was deposit money at one Templar's church outpost or, or whatever. Outpost or fort or castle, whatever. And then you could go anywhere. And They'd give you like a, like a scroll. They would give you like a note or a parchment for it. Or something, Literally yeah. a note. Yeah. And you would take it to the other place where you were going and could cash it in. And that way you were less likely to be a target of thieves because you don't have any fucking money on you. And you're not carrying fucking heavy ass gold around with you. I know. Money was heavy back in the day. Oh yeah. And it wouldn't be the exact same. No, they charged a fee for it. It would be, they would try. I mean, yeah, they would charge a fee. Just like banks charge fees. It wasn't interest, mind you. No. Because that's against Christian law. No, but it was a fee for the service. Yes. Fee for the service and tax exempt. Those are like the two things that really just boom. Helps. Super, super lucrative. The Second Crusade in the end of the 1140s is when the Templars end up finally setting shop in Croatia. I think that's the last place they set up shop. I want to go to Croatia so bad. For the next 75 years or so, the Templars are everywhere after that. Anytime some Christians are going to go to the Holy Land and kill some Muslims or Jews, the Templars are there. Front and center. Front and center. It got to the point where they were the protectors of the Crusader states. The Crusader states were the Christian kingdoms set up after the Christians won Jerusalem, basically from Egypt all the way up the coast of the Mediterranean. And also Jerusalem, the kingdom of Jerusalem is what we talk about when we talk about Jerusalem. That's also the city, but it's not Israel today. It's more down south into where Egypt is and stuff. It's a much larger area. We talked about the kingdom of Jerusalem a little bit in the Christmas episode. Christmas cow. Yes. (laughs) That's how I'm going to think about it. That's a good way to think about it. (laughs) This wasn't as big as the original kingdom of Jerusalem, but it's still a larger area than now. Not to mention the fact that there was a lot of fighting even after 
the Christians overtook it, people kept trying to take it back oh, again. Oh, yeah. Like, constantly. Oh, yeah. Like I said earlier, uh, Saladin, that guy was fucking persistent, let me tell you. Throwing motherfuckers against the gates constantly. So the Crusaders weren't just manning the roads, making shitloads of money and acquiring property and doing banking. They were also involved in a lot of conflict over the years. Oh, like yes. a lot. Oh, and they also owned Sicily and their war galleys had control of the Mediterranean. They're theorized to have gone as far away as North America. And then in Europe on land, they didn't just stick to going to Jerusalem. They were also protecting routes to Rome and Spain. Most major population centers were linked by these three routes. So at this time, the Templars are the way people are getting around this order of knights. The way people are getting around and also funding every, every, yeah, funding everything. And then every time somebody's like, I want to do a crusade and go kill a bunch of people. Here we are. are. You know, here, yeah. <laughs> Let's do Ready it. to serve. And another part of the banking is that there, there wasn't really any competition. No. Christians didn't do it because they weren't allowed to charge interest. It was called usury. And they weren't allowed to do that. And so that left it to traditionally the Jews. At this time, not on anyone's most loved list. So super easy for the Templars to get all of Christendom to be their client. Be their client, yeah. They manage the finances of a lot of a lot of high ups. And what they would do, because you got to charge interest, you can't just do this for free. Well, yeah, I so mean, what do they would banks do, today do it for free? Not at no. all, not at all. So what they would do is that they would loan you some money. In addition to that, you would also rent a house from them or a piece of land from them. Once you paid back the money they loaned you, you would then also pay them the rent on the property. You never lived in that property. That's just how they charged interest. They used the rent as the fee, basically. Pretty cunning. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn cunning. They just basically found a legal loophole. Pretty much, yeah. And it wasn't just regular rich people borrowing from the Templars. Oh, no. We had kings. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, funding, like, the running of their countries. We've got churches funding building of cathedrals and shit like that you've got some heavy hitters borrowing from these guys oh yeah in 1187 the muslims led by saladin finally recaptured jerusalem that was a bad loss it was briefly retaken by the holy roman emperor frederick ii in 1229 but it was lost again in 1244 and then not occupied by western forces until world war one when the british recaptured it when the British captured it from the Ottoman Empire. I want to say that Richard Francis Burden was the first white man to go to this area after... The Last Crusade? After the Last Crusade, yeah. I, I mean, would believe that. I would believe that he'd be the first one to do it. I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the things about him. Anyway, the British captured that. That was in 1917 the British were in there. So it was a long time. It was just under 700 years. I think Burton was mad because he had to go somewhere else and he liked being in Jerusalem and Syria and all that stuff. He, oh, yeah. he liked it like so much better than where they sent him. 100%. Maybe, maybe it was like India. 
anywhere else. He anywhere loved that area. Yeah, but he really loved that area. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, that's just something you don't hear every day. No, no, just being completely, he loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. I would just, I don't know if I could get over the weather. No. The no. lack of plant life. Yeah. Some people just aren't into that. And I guess maybe that's... I mean, some people live in Arizona, like Tucson. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of plant life there, I guess. So maybe Phoenix. there's more plant life in the area than I'm aware of. of course, there probably is. There's gor- There's all sorts of gorgeous places yeah. in, in Arizona. I'm not trying to diss. I, I love that state. But I'm just not a person who could deal with like the desert. No, not and for no a long And no vegetation and everything's super dry. Yeah, not for a long time. And camel spiders and scorpions. Yeah. And, and the fact snakes. that you don't, and at this time, you don't have a shower. And so you're just dust. There's sand dust. everywhere all the time. Dust, dust, dust. Uh, everywhere. All the time. By 1303, the Templars had been pushed out of their final stronghold on a tiny island called Arwad Island off the coast of Syria. This loss was the last one for Christian forces in the Holy Land. And out they went. They took their shit and fell back to their strongholds in Spain, France, and wherever else was convenient. I think Cyprus, too. Yes. Speaking of France, Philippe le Bel. King Philip IV. Such a dick. He was a pretty man, apparently. That's why they called him le Bel. Mm-hmm. He owed the Templars some cash. Big time. It was 1305, and he had been borrowing to continue his war with the English. In addition to being into debt with the knights, he had been denied entry into the order when he was young, and he was pissed off. Oh, so he held some... Grudges. Yeah, some bitter feelings of rejection. He also remembers one time, there was was a time of civil unrest in Paris. How crazy. He hid in the Paris Templar Temple and was just so jealous when he saw the stacks upon stacks upon stacks oh, yeah. of gold bullion that was just just sitting around. Angry mob goes after him and he takes refuge and he's just like, what the fuck? Hiding for his life and these guys are loaded. He was not a fan of the Templars, but he needed their gold. And as his people say, say la vie. That's life. There was also a new pope in town, Clement V. He was basically Philip's little puppet pope i'm pretty sure he was related to him something like that but yeah he was also i mean guess how he got to be the pope well you know Mm-hmm. and then so now he owed him and he wasn't even allowed to go live in the vatican <laughs> no he lived in avignon yeah philip kind of keeps him like kind of a prisoner it's and that was at the time the kingdom of arles which was part of the holy roman empire the avignon papacy is what this is called and it lasted from 1309 until 1376 so at this point, he's not officially there. Rome is still the seat of, of the Pope, but he's just hanging out in Avignon and, and at the French court. Because Philip wants him to. Basically, yeah. Because <laughs> Philip's just like, no. No, you stay here. You stay here under my control. The Pope thought it would be a good idea, just out of the blue, if the Templars and another order of knights called the Knights Hospitallar merged. The Knights Hospitallar cared for the sick and injured, as well as fought. Hospital? Mm-hmm. Hospitalar? Neither of the Grand Masters of either of the orders wanted this to occur, but the Pope persisted, and they both accepted invitations to roll out to Avignon and talk to this guy in person about this whole deal. The Templar Grand Master, Jacques Dumoulet, arrived in Avignon first, but the Hospitaller Grand Master, Fouque de Villeray, was held up for months. I'm not sure doing what. 
probably fighting. He was there's probably a battle going on, likely somewhere. I mean, the Pope kept pushing the matter about these two orders joining, but it ended up not really mattering because the French king on Friday the 13th, October 1307, ordered the arrest of Demolay and the rest of the Templars. All of them. Everywhere. All think, at the same time. Think Order 66 from Star Wars, where all the Jedi has got Right, attacked. yes. Yeah, all the Jedi are, are murdered. Templars all across France were in, imprisoned or killed, and those that escaped gave forewarning to any they could, and then they got the fuck out of Dodge. Fortunately for the Knights, France was only able to mobilize itself in the surprise attack. Yes. So that's good for mm-hmm. the Knights. The charges that were leveled against these guys included fraud, homosexuality, spitting on the cross. Denouncing Christ. Denouncing Christ, worshipping idols. What amounted to heresy, which was... Bad. Very bad. The worst. That was literally the worst thing you could do was to be a fucking heretic. That's right. After torture, I'm sorry, questioning, some of the Templars did confess to these things and others just died. Imagine Uh, that. I think the first confession came from Jacques de Monet two weeks later. So imagine two weeks being fucking tortured. Oh, yeah. And then, but as soon as they stopped being tortured, they recanted. Well, they didn't recant right away. Oh, did it take him some time? Because Philip thinks he's totally, like, one right now. He gets them, he tortures the shit out of them, finally. He got all the Templars. Yeah, they confessed, air quotes, which you don't torture somebody to get, like, the actual truth. You just torture them until they say what you want them to say. They answer the questions you ask in a way that makes you stop torturing them. Yes. Because... Torture sucks. Torture. That's why people do it. <laughs> is awful. And I read about some of the tortures they inflicted upon them. Oh, would you care to enlighten us? Oh my gosh. You don't. Oh, I don't want to enlighten you, but I will. They racked them. Of course. And then they did this one device where you're kind of chained up and it like drops you and then like yanks you suddenly. So your bones are already like pulled out of your sockets and then it's just, you know. Kind of a whiplash thing. Yeah, whiplash. It's whiplashing you all over the place. I see. So it's it's like a, a like going bungee jumping with a rope. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So you just ow. Yeah. But they not just on drop your you neck. and then yeah. jerk you up real sudden like. I see. I see. And apparently I think it was Jacques de Monet or one of the other high ups. Jacques de Monet was the grandmaster at the time. They put fat on his feet. And then roasted them over a fire, just his feet. Wow. Until the bones slid out. Wow. That makes me want to throw up. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So under this torture, obviously, eventually, yeah, they all confess. Yep. Philip thinks he has it in the bag. He tells the Pope, all right, you need to dissolve the order. And execute everyone, since the Pope was the authority of them still. Yeah, yeah. He had to be the one to sign off on the deal. Yep, he's the But one Philip's like, oh, yep, here's the confession. Look at all the bad things they did. But Pope Clement doesn't just sign off on it right away. Nope. There are enough people out there that are just so upset by this. Well, 
people love the <laughs> people love the Knights Templar, and it's really hard for people to swallow the idea that an order that has been serving God, yeah, for two hundred years, have but they died. Were the protectors to... of the Holy Land. Yeah. They took hardcore vows and committed their entire lives to it. Yeah. For them to be committing heresy, Pope Clement decides that he needs to do his own investigation. So he sends some cardinals to question them. And this is actually like questioning them. Not air quotes questioning them right. with a, a cat o' nine tails, but like with their words. Supposedly there was no torture involved. Right. The only the torture of having to listen to a bunch of old fucking cardinals talking about crazy talk. That and it's like, what do you do? Do you go back and then they, they're going to send in the other guys to torture you again? No until shit. you reconfess or something. Right. Like, I probably would be sticking to my word at that point, too, because, because, because they are a holy order. This is the Catholic Church. If they admit to their wrongdoing, there's a chance the Pope will absolve them. Yeah, that's true. If they just stick by their confessions, which I'm sure were 100% false, but if they just kind of stand by it, there's a chance that maybe the Pope will forgive them. That's the thing that they did a lot in torturing confessions out of people. And sometimes it actually worked or you didn't die hideously or you got a merciful death or something. Hopefully at least just a say merciful what, death. Just say what we want. And then this guy from the church over here will absolve you of your sins. And now we'll just cut your head off instead of burning you at the stake. Yeah. Now you don't have to burn over a slow fire. Mm-hmm. Quick. Bam. Gone. The Pope does actually decide to forgive them, which of course does not go over her well with philip at all no the pope decided to forgive them because he honestly didn't think that they did anything wrong and that there was a valid explanation for everything they did admit to and because of all their service he just said you know what you're absolved you can go now it's cool and then philip was like fuck no not how that worked out not how that worked out because philip then basically tried to pull a henry the eighth on pope clement and that was in 1310, right? That was in 1310. This is yeah. a long time yeah, it took... before Henry's time. But he threatened yeah, to yeah. start his own church and be the head of his own church separate from the Pope. So at this point, it's been three years that these guys have been yes. oh, tortured yeah. constantly, probably. And it, and it turns out to be like six before yeah. Philip finally gets his fucking way. But yeah, he threatens Pope Clement that he's going to be head of his own church. So then Pope Clement goes back okay, okay, on his okay. word and dissolves them, and they're all sentenced to death. And now, four more years are left in there. Mm-hmm. So finally, Desmoulet, old as fuck, is allowed to die. Now, this is the point where he finally does say, no, it was all a lie. It was all bullshit. But there was a time where he they stuck by it because they thought they were going to be forgiven, which they were, but then they got fucked over again and turned around, stabbed him back, and so then they were like, fuck it, I'm going to say the truth. Yeah, you may as well, because they were getting, they got, they got burned. They got burned. Over a slow flame. Oh, yeah. The story goes that Desmoulet asked to be tied facing Notre Dame Cathedral. And that he said that the people who were responsible for all the shit against the Templars would soon die. Die within a year. One month later, the Pope died. Before the end of the year, the King of France was dead. And Again, everyone, this was 1314. his three sons and a couple grandkids 
a couple grandsons. His bloodline was gone forever. Something else right there. Uh, the Templars in other countries heard about this attack on their order, and the countries they lived in had varying degrees of enforcement. Portugal didn't really care, and the Templars continued with their business as usual under a new name, the Knights of Christ. These guys also started the Rosicrucian Order in 1407, which continues today and may be a topic for another episode. Mm-hmm. We could do a, a, a few more, I think, on all the, oh. the Knights Templar and all the things that stemmed from it. In Germany, they joined either the Hospitallers or another order called the Teutonic Knights that are active today. Spain needed the Templars to help retake the country from the Moors. The Moors were just the non-Christians, basically. It's a catch-all name that referred to dark-skinned people and then European Muslims. So it was just, if they didn't like the looks of you, you were the Moors. The Archbishop of Compostela in northwestern Spain wrote a letter to the Pope begging him to be lenient on the knights for this reason. They just needed the fucking swords. I really need these guys. The poor, the Pope, of course, did not give a shit. So the Spanish crown just was like, hey, Templars, just join the other orders of knights. They're not outlawed. Wink, wink. And so a lot of them just did We're that. We're just going to cross your name off of this list. We're going to put it on this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like that? And just white shirt with the cross? Don't wear it. Maybe turn it inside out. Inside out. Something. Dirty up a bit. Some of this mud. This shit that's over here. Yeah, and like Sir Richard, now you're Sir William. Yeah. And anyone anyone comes to look for you, I'm gonna be like, I don't know who you're talking about. This is Sir William. Sir Richard? Which Sir Richard? Right, there's like 10,000 of them, and this guy is Sir William, and he's been, like, a part of this for years, so we don't know what you're talking about. Other orders joined by Templars were the Order of the Holy Sepulchre under the Vatican and the Franciscan Order of the Vatican. In 2001, a misfiled parchment was found in the Vatican secret archives, where it had been put in 1628. The Vatican Secret Archives sounds a bit more shady than it actually is. It's more closely the Vatican Private Archives. I have no doubt there are secret archives. They just don't talk about them because they're fucking secret. Right. You'll never know what's down there. Probably like hella Jesus foreskins. This parchment shows that the Pope Clement actually absolved the Templars of all heresies in 1308, like you said. Right. And then formally disbanded the order in 1312. The official stance on the Templars by the modern-day Catholic Church is that there was nothing wrong with what they were doing and that Pope Clement had been strong-armed into what he did. They basically blame it all on the king. Yeah, because the king was a fucking dick. He was a dick. I'm glad glad they both died just like Jacques de Monet said that they would. That's pretty fucking awesome, I think. Yeah, it's too bad he didn't know. I, I hope he did somehow. Somehow. That would be really cool because nothing... Nothing is better than seeing somebody who just did you so wrong, like, just get their comeuppance. That's right. That's right. There is a slightly extended narrative of the the Templars. Allegedly, the arrest warrants were signed like a month order before the whole Order 66 thing went out. Mm Mm-hmm. So that gave them plenty of time to know what was happening. Oh, 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 we forgot to mention the best part. Well, I think probably you are about to mention the best part, but I just really want to jump to it. Okay, go ahead. 
in addition to dying within a year, before he died, King Philip the fucking dick goes to raid the temples. All that gold. Oh, and yeah. All that gold that had set him off in the first place. He sends his guys out to get it. Finally, finally, it's taken like six years for these guys to get executed and for the order to be dissolved. And he thinks he's just like hit the jackpot, but not Pretty so empty. much. Yeah. There is not a Some fucking thing there. I would have given anything to see the look on his face when these guys come back and say there's like nothing there. Jaw hits the ground. Yeah. What happened to it? Well, Dumoulet and a few others stayed around so as not to arouse suspicion while the majority packed their shit and took the fuck off. Yeah, they had a whole fleet of ships. Yep. Apparently, only 620 Templars were thought to have been actually apprehended in France. Mm-hmm. It's estimated that the two to 3,000 managed to get away on ships. They took whatever they could, all their transportable wealth, documents, and records. And those were just the ones that were in France. Exactly. So there were still ones in Spain, other... Spain, Portugal, I mean, all over the already place. Already somewhere else doing work there. Yep, yep. There are also legends that these knights are the ones who held many pieces of Christian memorabilia, such as the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, other lost scrolls from the Temple of Solomon. Dead Sea Scrolls. Dead Sea Scrolls, yep. They left France by way of the port at La Rochelle. La Rochelle. Where they kept their fleet. It's said they headed to England and then along the coast to Scotland. Apparently, they just kind of pulled over and decided to help Robert the Bruce defeat the forces of King Edward II at the Battle of Bannockburn. Well, King Edward II was a dick. He was a dick. And maybe they're just like, they've just had enough of like dick kings. Well, like he also, had this one king dick who just killed a bunch of your brothers in arms, yeah, tortured your grandmaster, burned him to death. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck you dick kings too. Well, that, they took off before when the whole order went out. So they weren't, around to see their grandmasters getting tortured fortunately i'm sure word gets around though oh I mean, i'm sure eventually yeah this was a thing that people knew about and also scotland was a friendly to templars and so they that's it makes sense they would help out mm-hmm. uh, robert the bruce there there's a legend that the earl of orkney henry sinclair was a templar and had reached north america in 1398 they say that a map was found in the Temple of Solomon that showed a landmass west of Europe that could be found by following the star called La America. La America. Hmm. The Phoenicians allegedly drew this map from Tyr. The Templars had sailed there already, and Sinclair was simply following their lead with a group of Templars of his own. So Templars in the past had gone there already. It's also said that Nova Scotia, or New Scotland in Latin, was named by Sinclair and the other Templars. Native to Nova Scotia are a people called the Micmac. Apparently, they have traditional stories that tell of white men showing up from the ocean. Also, their tribal emblem is a giant red cross on a white plain, and it has a red star over one quadrant of the cross and a crescent moon over the other. Hmm. So that's really weird because that's kind of a mixture of, I mean, isn't the Muslim yes. like the star and the, uh, the moon and the moon, the crescent moon and then the and then cross. The, mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty weird. That's, that's pretty random. Pretty random for <laughs> like, let's first, just, first let's just people come up to, with that. Like, yeah. Pretty weird. Without any reference. I, I guess the, the moon and the stars. Yeah. But yeah, where, where were they going to see that cross besides white people? 
coming there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you believe, didn't the Mormons believe that Jesus came to America? Isn't that where mm. he gave, like where he hid the I don't magic know. scrolls of, I don't know. Was it Jesus that did that or was, was it, it somebody else? Maybe it was somebody. I know Jesus was there. Jesus, it was, it was John Smith found the, it. John Smith found the stuff because Jesus told him where it was. But I think Jesus stashed him or something. I don't know. I don't know either. This is about the Templars and not the Mormons. Right. That's a whole different (laughs) episode. At any rate, these people, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Uh, These people didn't, I mean, there's no, it would be, it's weird for them to come up with a cross. Now is Oak Island over there? I don't know. I've heard Oak Island reference a bunch as far as, I think it's somewhere in Canada. I've heard it referenced in all the theories that they came over to the Oh yeah, Americas. I think Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the one where they found a carving or something or they found they, a, they a found rune a stone or the something. The rune stone is Minnesota actually. Yeah. But there is also stuff on Oak Island. There's some sort of carving on Oak Island. But it was a it was a Templar symbol, right? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. At their 33rd level, it does have the title of Knights Templar, but they are not Knights Templar. They don't even claim that they have anything to do with the Knights Templar. The guy who founded Freemasonry is a blood descendant of Hugh de Pon, hmm. but that's as close as it gets. There is a Knights Templar today. It is not and does not claim to be related to the one we've been talking about. Their full name is... Great. The United Religious, Military, and Masonic Orders of the Temple and of St. John of Jerusalem, Palestine, Rhodes, and Malta. That would be so annoying to have to like write out or type out. And that's why they just call themselves Knights Templar. I think... Well, yeah, but I mean, there's got to be a couple of times where you have to have it all there officially. Yeah, that's true. And you're just like, God fucking damn it. I think that the guy <laughs> who works for the CIA and names operations needs to name these night orders because for the love of Christ, they should not be allowed to do it themselves. So it's going to be like the fraternal order of the paperclip. Basically. <laughs> uh, so these Knights Templar are affiliated with the Freemasons, but they're different. Basically, once you're a Freemason, if you're a Christian Freemason, you're allowed to join the Knights Templar. Freemasonry allows for anybody to be a Freemason as long as you believe in some kind of higher power. But then there's other organizations within just it. Just like AA? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, just And then there's other organizations within it, sort of like this Knights Templar, that require you to maybe be a specific religion. I gotcha. And I, we didn't really dive much into the conspiracy things around the Knights Templar. That's because I think that that could just be a whole different episode because there are just so many. So maybe I think people make a lot of, I think a lot of times people make a lot of connections where they, where there are none. Yes. Where there are none. Yes. Because so many things, you can find some coincidence and randomness in just about everything. Yes. I did kind of like the Kensington runestone because that's one where it has been authenticated that someone related to the Knights Templar carved this and 
there's a Cistercian monk named in the carving on that rock, and it has been dated the 14th century. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what it reads real quick. It doesn't really shed any light or say like, oh, yeah, Knights Templar. They went to Scotland, then they hooked up with some Vikings, (laughs) and then they came to America. And then they carved this rock and left in fucking Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota? Minnesota. Yeah. Sure. Ah, heck. Where is that damn quote? <laughs> <laughs> the Kensington runestone reads, eight Gotlanders and 22 Norwegians on reclaiming acquisition journey far west from Vinland. We had a camp by two shelters one day's journey north from this stone. We were fishing one day. After we came home, we found ten men, red with blood and death. Ava Maria, save from evil. It goes on to say, there are ten men by the sea to look after our ship's 14 days journey from this island, year 1362. It's crazy. A long time ago. Yeah, and it was authenticated and then said no, it wasn't correct. But then I think pretty recently, like, 2016 2012 something like that it's been for sure like authenticated now wow so norwegians gotlands those are gothics i think could be and then somewhere in this in the carvings there's the name of this um cistercian monk cistercian monk it's crazy i don't believe that christopher columbus was the first european here oh no absolutely not i mean definitely the vikings the were vikings. here and Templars, probably. And Templars had money. Why not after they hole up for a while? 1360 was decades after the initial killing and persecuting and dissolution of the order. That's about 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Later, it makes sense to me, though, that they would go hole up somewhere and then maybe go on this long voyage even decades later because I think I read about the plague had a lot to do with nobody going anywhere for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, really, I would imagine that what was keeping people from going places was the fact that there just wasn't the knowledge of how to do it. But when you're the Templars and you've got the money and you've been in these places where you've allegedly found these, this information that tells you how to go places, how to navigate. You've just been hiding out. You can do it. You can just follow these instructions and finally your chance comes along. You hit your ride with some Vikings and if off we, you go. If if Europeans hadn't had the whole Dark Ages thing, we would have probably headed to found North America a lot sooner than, than we did. We I'm not Spanish, but still. <laughs> <laughs> You're of Western European descent though. I am of Western European descent. <laughs> Far Western Europe. And that's all I really got on the Templars tonight. That's all I got, too. But, yeah, I I can see it happening. Yeah. That part, I believe. I'm not so sure about all the other crazy grail stuff. Well, Ark hey, of the Covenant, but we can, maybe we can we'll definitely... Maybe in the future. We can definitely address that at another time. But yes. as it is, the Knights Templar. That's right. You can check us out on all of our social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Stranger Than, and Stranger Than Podcast, respectively. We're also on Facebook at Stranger Than Podcast. Have our Strange Space group that is also on Facebook. Which is better because it's hard to maintain all the social media, so yes, half the time I'm only posting stuff to the group. That's right, yeah. So join the group. 
You it's can listen, fun sometimes. <laughs> usually. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stranger Than Podcast. Do a search. You can find us. We are now with the Age of Radio Podcast Network. Check them out, ageofradio.org. Go to the bazaar and check out all of the fun stuff they got there. If you want fun stuff from us, check out tpublic.com slash user slash stranger than podcast. T-shirts, mugs, all kinds of fun stuff. Email us, strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com for suggestions or comments or whatever. There is no iTunes anymore, so I guess go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating rating or whatever they do over there also check out our patreon page that would be patreon.com slash stranger than podcast for five dollars you get amongst other things a bonus episode every month and thank you to our current patreon subscribers thank you to our current patrons you guys are the best and with that we will talk to you next time and stay strange 